Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hello and welcome to Series 2 of Beyond the Balance Sheet, the podcast where we interview incredibly inspiring entrepreneurs who prove that financial metrics aren't the only measures of success. I'm Ashley Bloom and I'll be your host while we delve deep into the lives of our guests who reveal the superpowers that really drive their business, the struggles they have faced and share their secrets on how to overcome them. It's the pay yourself first principle applied to our business. And the impact is nothing short of uh, remarkable. And, and, I'm, and I'm not saying it from a braggadocious way. We now have over 400,000 companies globally who've implemented Profit First. But when you take your Profit First, you must now reverse engineer that profitability and you'll find a way to do it. I love the people I work with. It is a privilege for me to, to serve them. That I don't think many entrepreneurs can say that. This week, we talked to Mike Michalowicz. Mike has been blessed with over half a million readers of his books, Fix This Next, Clockwork, Surge, The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, The Pumpkin Plan, and Profit First. He is keynoted at the world's biggest business events and has built four multi-million dollar companies and sold two of them. But what you'll learn in this episode is that those are just peak moments from decades of entrepreneurial struggles. We hope you enjoy the interview and I'll be back at the end. So, Mike, welcome to series two of the Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast. I cannot wait to hear more about your journey and learn more about your mission to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. But to kick off, I would like to hear who you are, what you do, why you do it. Sure. Well, it's a joy to be with you, Ashley. I am an author for small business books. Uh, my most popular book currently is Profit First. I've written collectively uh, seven books now. And uh, I, I'm an entrepreneur uh, my entire life, my entire adult life, ever since graduating university. Uh, I've been in the tech space. I've, I've exited a few businesses. One was a private equity deal, another Fortune 500 exit. I've also had uh, some calamity businesses. I had one business that was an angel investing company, and just it was a train wreck. Uh, I lost all my wealth. And it was in these experiences, the highs and the lows of entrepreneurship, that I've I found a mission or a purpose to resolve that. I call it entrepreneurial poverty, right? So there's there's this perception that the day you become an entrepreneur, you're making gobs of money and you have gobs of free time to do whatever you want. But the reality is we most of us have no money and we're working our tails off to 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 just survive. That gap is what I call entrepreneurial poverty. So when I 
write any of my books, I'm looking to resolve that to help entrepreneurs truly experience their definition of success. Because I think it's the ultimate contribution to our economy is entrepreneurs to be successful. So that's what I do full time. I write books to help entrepreneurs be successful. I mean, it's incredible what you do. And at face value, it seems like you've got it all figured out and always have. But in reality, I know just from reading up on you that it hasn't always been that easy. So can you talk me through your journey and almost the things that happened to you in your business and personal journey that got you to where you are today? Yeah, I I fell into the uh, Midas trap. Midas was a Greek or Roman god, I don't know. but, (laughs) But anything that this god touched turned to gold. And I thought I had that Midas touch. I, I started uh, my first business in my very early 20s and, and was acquired by private equity. And I made some money. And, I, and then I started another business in computer crime investigation and uh, sold that to a Fortune 500, became a self-made millionaire in my early 30s. And I'm like, my gosh, I am amazing. My big fat ego exploded. And I was like, I'm, I can do anything I want. I touch it, it turns to gold. So I started another business as an angel investor, which meant I was investing in all these different startups. I had no clue what I was doing. I was spending money like it was raining, you know? And um, it took me only about a year and a half, maybe two years to evaporate all of my wealth. Um, So it's ironic, as much as I teach how to build a successful business and to accumulate wealth, I'm really good at spending money too. So (laughs) I can tell you how to ruin a business very quickly. And, but it was in that time when I lost everything, I I went into depression. Um, And this is something... I used to openly share, but I think it's very important. The most afflicted community with depression is the entrepreneurial community. And if anyone listening in, if you're experiencing depression, A, I want you to know you're normal. B, definitely seek out some kind of help. Uh, it was so important for my transition. And, uh, and and to get back on the track of, of happiness and success. But what I found during that period of time of struggle, what I thought I knew about entrepreneurship, I didn't. So I set out to document all the things I didn't know. I didn't know how to be profitable uh, day in, day out. I, I didn't know how to run a business efficiently or I didn't know how to have the business not depend on me. I didn't know what to fix. So every book I've written, honestly, is something I didn't understand about entrepreneurship and I've investigated. Some of my books take me five years to write, some 10. Even though I turn out books quickly, I'm working on, right now I'm working on three books. Uh, and the next book coming out, it's on a marketing book, uh, I've been working on for literally 10 years. These Ideas, I investigate it, I curate it, and then assemble what I hope makes a very complex subject more simplified for entrepreneurs. Definitely. And I think it's it seems so easy on the surface to build an amazing, successful business. But then when you look at the background of what's going on, you know, business owners do suffer really severely from business owner isolation, depression, yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. And I think it's really easy when you're starting out to look at successful people and just think they've just got it so easy. And that's why I I think it's so important for people like you to share those stories and to say, you know, you're not alone if you're feeling this way, because I think it's really easy to look at people, especially now with social media and the way the online world is, and just see the good and not see any of the kind of journey and what they've been through to get there. So I think it's a really, really important message to share. So obviously, as you know, at Raffinger's, we are so proud to say that we're one of the only few firms in the UK that are Profit First certified, which is one of your books. So 
Can you just talk me through in more detail how and why Profit First specifically came about and why you believe that that this traditional accountancy formula of sales minus expenses equals profit actually fails most entrepreneurs more than it helps them? So there was a study, it originated out of the U.S., it became a global study. Uh, it was facilitated by a, a bank called U.S. Bank. Uh, there are in the U.S. 30 million small businesses, but when we look at the global platform, there's 300 million small businesses. And due to this pandemic, we're experiencing the fastest growth in entrepreneurship, uh, I believe, in all time. What was so fascinating is in this research, they identified that 83% of small businesses are in check-to-check survival. There is a cash flow crunch. They don't have enough income today to support the bills of tomorrow, the rent, their employees, uh, let alone the owner pay themselves. So there's this constant stressful panic. But the great irony is the reason we start a business as an entrepreneur, one of the primary reasons is for financial freedom, to never, to not worry about bills, yet it very quickly becomes our biggest worry. So I wondered if the reason we start a business is to make money, but we're in fact, almost all of us losing money, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with me? And that's when it became very apparent. The foundational formula that's taught by in accounting is, as you shared, sales minus expenses equals profit. It's the foundational formula and, and with modern accounting. And modern accounting has been around, I think, now almost 400 years. It makes very logical sense. You must have income come into your company you subtract the expenses you incurred and what's left over is profit. But it makes logical sense. It doesn't make behavioral sense. And we, our humans, we're behavioral beings. What comes last means it's unimportant. Like if, if someone's like, you know, let's, let's, let's do something crazy and, and go skydiving. And you're like, mm, I'm not going to put my life at risk. You'd likely just respond by saying, that's the last thing I'm going to do. Last means avoid. And yet, profit comes last. So we avoid it. Or it's the manana syndrome. We wait to see if it happens. In fact, it's even in our vernacular. We call profit the bottom line or the year end or the final take. All those terms mean don't worry about it now. Worry about some future point. And as a result, most businesses are struggling. What I do in profit first is we flip the formula. It's sales minus profit equals expenses. Uh, we flip the formula and it's, it's, it's not a shell game. It's a behavioral system. What happens now in our business is every time revenue comes into the company, we take a predetermined percentage of that money, allocate it toward profit. It's an actual transfer of cash, hide the money, and then run our business off the remainder. It's the pay yourself first principle applied to our business. And the impact is nothing short of uh, remarkable. And, and, I'm, and I'm not saying it from a braggadocious way. We now have over 400,000 companies globally who've implemented Profit First. They are all far more profitable than they've ever been before. And it wasn't some extraordinary change in their business. It was simply changing the formula to take the Profit First. And then their business started to speak to them. When you take your Profit First and you see how much truly is available to run your business, your business is telling you the changes you need to make. Maybe you do have to cut some costs. Maybe you are spending money frivolously. Maybe you need to increase margins and give it uh, you know, a new direction in the, in the products or service mix that you have available. But when you take your profit first, you must now reverse engineer that profitability and you'll find a way to do it. Hold up. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We've seen incredible results with the clients that we work with on the Profit First methodology. On a personal note, when I read it, and I don't have a business, you know, I'm an employee. So when I read it, I really, really resonated with it. And actually, it helped me with my mindset in terms of my personal finances. You know, when you get paid, allocating money into separate different accounts so that I knew where my money was going. So whether it was, you know, wedding or whatever it was, I had my money going to certain places. And my mindset really changed. I know in the book it mentions Parkinson's law and one of the things that you mentioned is the kind of toothpaste analogy, which I think is great. So can you just talk through the toothpaste analogy that you use? Because I think that's really relatable to people who are listening. The core tenant of Profit First is in our behavior around the utilization of resources. So Parkinson was a theorist from the 1950s studying human behavior and identify that as a resource expands its availability. The more we have of something, the more we inherently consume of it. Mm-hmm. I like chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> if you put one chocolate chip cookie in front of me, I'll eat one. But if you put a dozen in front of me, I'll eat more than one. I can't stop myself. Meaning the more the resource, we consume more. But if there is only one, well, now I'm limited in what I can consume. Well, this behavior is true with money too. The more money we have, the more we spend. And if there's less money, the less we spend. But we also become innovative. And I think the best example is, is toothpaste. Because if you're listening in right now, tonight, when you brush your teeth, you will experience Parkinson's law. If you have a full tube of toothpaste, you know, we put that long bead on there. And when you have a new full tube, we use it excessively is the point. But if it's, you know, something's going to happen tonight that's listening in right now, you're going to have that shriveled up, like, prune-like tube of toothpaste that's been gnarled over. And... Uh, when that presents itself, what happens? Well, we become like a superhero. The strength we can garner, we can squeeze it out, we twist and turn, we pinch it from the back, we roll it up. We find all these innovative ways to extract toothpaste. And one droplet on one bristle hair is like, oh, that's all I needed. You know, we're brushing away. We use less. The point is this. When there is an empty tube of toothpaste, we become frugal because it's forced frugality. There's less. But we become innovative, rolling, cutting, twisting. And, and the truth is, for many people, a new tube of toothpaste lasts 
I don't know, four weeks, five weeks. An empty tube of toothpaste seems to last four or five weeks. It's not the supply. It's when it's scant that it's the innovation that kicks in and the forced frugality. Well, that scenario plays out for money too. When we have a full roll of money, whatever's in our bank account, it's very easy just to squirt it out and spend it all away. But when there's less money there, because we've taken our profit first and allocated money to other purposes, now you see what's truly available. Now one droplet on one bristle hair seems to be adequate. We, we find innovative ways to squeeze that money an extra mile. So we want to use Parkinson's law to our advantage. If you reduce the availability of a resource, money available to spend, you become more innovative and more frugal. It's just the natural human wiring. Definitely. I couldn't agree more, to be honest. Just bringing it back to you, can you talk me through some of your personal biggest successes, the things that you've achieved absolutely most proud of so far? Yeah, so probably my, my biggest business successes is, I, I think the the popularity of Profit First is the starting point. You know, there is, we're rapidly approaching a million books of Profit First alone in circulation. It's amazing. It's it's beyond my wildest dream. What really, though, touches me is every day, and I can see this happening right now in my email, I would say every five to 10 minutes, maybe 15, there's a, an entrepreneur somewhere on our planet that emails me and says, I've read one of your books, Prop First or Clockwork or whatever, and says, here's how I implemented it or here's how it's changed my life. It, that fuels me. I love I, every morning waking up and there's a hundred emails just waiting for me to look through. Honestly, it's at a point of overwhelm. I can't read. Sometimes people put these long stories. I can't read everything anymore, but just seeing the subject line, seeing the impact it's had on people is extraordinary. It's probably my favorite thing. It gets me so energized to come to work. So that's a major success. And then I think the other kind of biggest win for me too is um, the day I realized that I my business doesn't need me to run it. It needs me to serve it. And it's two greatly different things. Running it was where I kind of felt like I was a superhero, swooping in, work my butt off another day. Serving it means leaning into the things that I'm good at that can have greater impact. I, I, actually, I'll show you on my wall here. I really am on a mission to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. There's <laughs> my little sign. Every morning I come in, I touch that and remind myself. But how I serve it is by writing books and being a spokesperson for the business. The fact that I can do that and has the greatest impact in my business, and I'm surrounded by a team of extraordinary people who run the operations day to day, who are talking with our clients and stuff, that to me is just an extraordinary success. I, I love the people I work with. It is a privilege for me to, to serve them. That I don't think many entrepreneurs can say that, and for me that's an extraordinary success. Definitely, and I think... There was obviously signs of you being motivated by this when you tried the angel investor thing, yeah. you know, because you were really determined to help businesses achieve success, right? Yeah. And it, But you didn't really know what you were doing and that's fine and it was a massive learning curve. However, it was clearly really ingrained in you that you had this overarching purpose for your journey which was ultimately to help business like you know business owners succeed in one way or another and maybe obviously it took some time to figure out and start writing these books and years of investigation to figure out how you can do that right but it's so exciting that you've you've kind of had that in you this whole time and it's just about finding the right way to do it that, that's what it is 
you know, in hindsight, the, the dots all connect. But when you're going through, it's like, well, this makes no yeah. sense. This makes no sense. But looking back, it's like, oh, those failures were the fuel I needed to understand that uh, that's failures common. The, the early successes showed me that they're, that, that it can be achieved, but that had to be prepared and, and, and there had to be tools and strategies to get there. So yeah, so in hindsight, it, it all connects. I feel very fortunate too to have clear purpose. So eradicating entrepreneurial poverty, it is my life's mission. I've defined it for myself, or maybe it's God-given. We can define it how we want, but it is so vital to me when, once I had clarity on that, this work I do has never been work. It's it's been about service and joy. It's I have a blast doing it. I, in the morning, I get up. I'm getting like I can't believe I get to go to work today. This is awesome, and it's awesome when I'm wrapping up the day. I can't wait to go home. Like I I, I have this balance. Like I I love the elements of my life that I've been blessed to experience. Um, and the interesting thing is, I think all of us can experience that when we realize our business is a platform to be of service. That that it's not a money vehicle necessarily. It is, and money is very important. And I think you should be extremely profitable because that allows you to live life as you define it. It also allows you to sustain the business. So I don't see business as a tool of sacrifice. Like I got to give until it hurts. I got to give until I'm out of business. I think no. I have to get and create a sustainable business that's very profitable because then I can keep giving and giving more and giving more. That. What you've just said works so perfectly with what we're trying to do with this podcast, because this podcast is all about us proving that financial metrics aren't the only measures of success. And as you say, whilst it's always important, it's ever not going to be important. Why? Because as you said, when people get into business, it tends to be ultimately because they're looking for financial freedom so that they can spend more time with their families, et cetera, et cetera. But... They are not the only measures of success. There's so much more to it, as you said, seeing those messages in your inbox every morning, those little things, that's the measure. So outside of profit and, you know, financial metrics, if you had to describe it in one word or one sentence, what does success really mean to you? To me, success is, is happiness, joy within how I've identified who I am. It's living or leaning into my identity. I think on the client side, it's transformation. I used to think that the business was about the transaction. How many how many clients should I get in paying how much? But now I'm like, oh, it's not about transactions. It's been elevated to transformations. How much am I of service to my clients and changing the way they live their lives in a better way? And the, and the interesting thing too is I don't think, I think any business can be transformational. You can make toilet tissue and be transformational because maybe you've created in a way that's ecologically responsible or something like that and and it serves people. So it doesn't matter what industry we're in, I think we can move from the mere transactions to, you know, systemic transformation of our clients. Definitely. And I think businesses in general that have a purpose, whether it's you know, Nike, just do it. All of the big, big businesses out there that live and breathe their core purpose are the ones that really have an emotional connection with their customer, their clients, their their target market versus, you know, the brands that haven't yet or the business owners that haven't yet found their purpose. And I think you're right at that point in their journey, they're still looking at the balance sheet. They're still looking at the transactions. They're not, at that kind of transformational phase yet but I think 
that is the progression and that comes with finding your deeper why and the reason that you do what you do, which is such an important journey for every business owner to go on. But I do think they need to go through a journey to figure out what that purpose is. I don't think it just comes, you wake up one morning. No, no. I, no, I don't think we wake up one morning and say, oh, this is it. Uh, but maybe for some of us, I think it's funny. I, I was interviewing a psychologist. I do not remember her name. But when she said, when we reflect on our lives, there's usually three common areas where purpose comes from. And she said, it's the either the capital or large T, the small T, or a childhood dream. So I'm like, what, what are the T's? She said, the big T is a trauma. That is a vital moment in our life where everything changes. Maybe we're in a car accident and we almost lose our life. And in that moment forward, we are devoted to automobile safety or something. A large trauma is when we say, I will never allow that situation again to happen to myself or anyone else. And so we can embrace that. And uh, sadly, all of us have experienced trauma in some form. It could be abuse. It could be accident. It could be financial. But that can become a defining moment. For me, it was actually a trauma around finances. When I wiped out and lost everything and having to face my family and tell them we're done and we're losing our house, that was the moment that is so deeply rooted in me that I, I drew a line in the sand and said, I will never allow this to happen again to myself, my family, or any entrepreneur. If I can save an entrepreneur from trauma like that, I will. The small T is the drip trauma. That This is where there's a, a drip of of pain that accumulates over time. You're getting picked on in, in school by schoolmates over and over again. It's, it's, it's the parents that just have that kind of negative drip into you or, or whoever, someone around you, that at a certain point it gets the, a watershed moment. We say, I'll never allow this to happen again. That can become a stance and our business can be a form of serving that and resolving that. And this, the last one she explained is the childhood dream. I think many of us uh, have a dream when we were kids that you know, one day when I grow up, and that can be a clear life purpose. And for many of us, it goes unsatisfied. The day we embrace that and say, I'm going to live that childhood dream and manifest that now, um, that can become a very powerful mechanism. I mean, without a doubt, all three of those, I, I think, help people find their purpose and find their why. And it's, and it's so important. But also, I do want to stress to those listening don't feel like if you haven't found it yet, you've got to suddenly figure it out right now no, after right. you've listened to this. It will come. I think it will just, it will find its way to you. Just keep your eyes um, open by yeah. just asking, is this it? What is it? <laughs> you know, I've exactly. asked myself for the longest time. And, and now I have, you know, eradicate entrepreneurial poverty is a nice phraseology around it. It's always been there. I just didn't know the phrases. And um, it's changed over time. It's really about, 10 years ago where I hit that term, I was like, oh, this is the term that lands with me. Um, so you don't even have to have a term for it. it it's, a, it's a feeling and emotion. And if you, if you can vocalize it, it helps. But, but lean into that feeling. Mike, if you had one piece of advice to give to either someone starting a business, someone scaling, or someone just going through a little bit of a crossroads, what would that advice be? My advice would be to be aware that your clients, your customers want you to be profitable. In fact, they want you to be wildly profitable, but they'll never use those words. Like you'll never have a client come up to you and say, oh, could you double the rates on me, please? You know, could you rip me off a little bit? You'll never hear that. But what your clients and customers will say is when you provide your service or your product to me, 
I want the best of you and the best of that product. I want your undivided attention. I don't want you looking and focusing elsewhere when I am up to be served. And the only way we can serve our clients the best is if we're sustainably profitable. If you're barely getting by, you are worrying about the next person coming in the door and you're giving only half your attention or a portion of it to your client. They are being compromised. So the only way you can provide the best service or best products to your clients is by being sustainably profitable. So that's what your clients want. They want your undivided attention. They want you to be profitable because that's how they get it. Definitely. And last question, Mike, what's next for you? Uh, another book, Shocker of Shocks. I just turned in the manuscript to my publisher about a week ago. It's called Different is Better. Uh, it's on Amazon now. And uh, what I did in this case, I studied marketing and I found that there is, I boiled down to the essence of what makes marketing successful and what doesn't. And there's three stages. Marketing that's differentiated from other marketing, stage one. Stage two, it's attractive, meaning it must stand out, but also must be compelling to the consumer. And last thing is it must give clear directive. It must point that prospect to take an action. It's, it's an acronym, DAD or DAD. And any marketing you, you can look at, you say, does it pass the DAD test or does DAD approve? If you want a simple simple <laughs> mnemonic, does DAD approve? Like and it. If, it, if it passes the DAD test, it's likely going to be very effective marketing. If it doesn't, it's likely going to struggle. Well, as marketing manager at Reffinger's, I am certainly going to think to myself, would dad approve? Would dad approve? Um, in the future. And I will certainly be picking up that book. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today on Beyond the Balance Sheet Series 2. It's been really great picking your brains. Um, definitely would love to chat to you again in the future because I am sure there is so much more that I and the listeners can learn from you. So thank you so much. Ashley, it's been a joy. Thank you for having me. The biggest taking from this is that no matter how much you struggle in the world of business, it's so important to learn from your past mistakes and use them to fuel a successful future. If you haven't already, pick up Mike's book, Profit First, and let it transform your business and personal life like it has for so many of our clients. If you're interested in implementing the Profit First methodology in your business, we're here to help. If you like this episode, go and have a listen to the rest of the series and series one. We are Raffingers and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn at Raffingers. Alternatively, you can check out our website, raffingers.co.uk. I'm your host, Ashley Bloom, and this has been Beyond the Balance Sheet. Thanks for listening and we'll have another episode for you next week.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.